monster, a creature with such horrific features, a lady, a bride, and scary movie fan. Some nerds and their website present this woman and her man. Hello and welcome back to the Bride of the Creature podcast with me, the creature, Joey G. And joining me, as always, the cutest podcaster in town, the bride, Nicole. Hello. How are you, love? Good, how are you? I'm okay. Um, still learning how to use sound equipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I figured I episode 76 was a good place to start trying to learn how to use the equipment. Well, we got new equipment. Well, this is new. Well, a new mixer, but I don't know how to use it. Well, I'm glad you're learning. Also, your microphone is a lot nicer than mine. I was looking at a microphone at the at the store the other day. What like, store Whoa. has microphones? Microphone stores. What the fuck difference a is A microphone make? store? I was at a computer store. I was at Memory Express. Would you like to know the address? Where does, where's that? I've never heard of Memory Express. I yes, you have. No, I haven't. I've talked about it. It's is a it, store that sells is that the stuff. mall? No, it's not at the mall. Then I don't know it. <laughs> anyway, I'm a valley girl and I hang out at malls. Is, I was looking at microphones and I was like, whew, expensive. <laughs> and I didn't buy one. But you, would you like one? I think I should have one. This one sucks. Do you want to test the sound again? No, smart Alec. All I look, I I'm doing my best here, okay? All right. And I realize that, like in most situations, my best is not nearly good enough. Hey, you know what? I I don't want to learn it. So you don't want to learn anything. What? That's not true. You can't even find DVDs in alphabetical order. What? I just. Oh, it's annoying. You look for like half a second, and then you're just like, Jelly. Do you want to talk about looking for things? I don't yeah, know. There's, twice in the last there's two no weeks, hot dogs the in, the, in the, There's no hot dogs in the fridge, Nicole. Dude. I okay, can't so find your hot dogs. One time yes, in the last look behind the thing. Years, I couldn't find the hot dogs. Every time you're looking for anything ever. So you've been really, way. You've, you've been way worse. Oranges? You've been way worse than me. I couldn't find the hot dogs, and I the freezies. Find the freezies. Yeah, that's two. You're like, this isn't a freezing, dude. And I'm like, it, yeah, no, that's a popsicle. Hey, all, you said freezies. And they were freezies. They were barely, they were like fruit things. They were organic. When I think of freezy, I think of those like Mr. Freeze multicolored things. Mr. Freezies aren't multicolored. They're one color per package. You're out of your mind. You can get a mixture of colors in a Mr. Freeze box. No, you cannot. I'm going to look it up right now. I'm going to go on Amazon and look for Mr. Wait, Freeze. Wait, you get multiple colors in a box but yeah. yeah but one is just one color yeah no shit sherlock yeah what are you talking about i i'm pretty sure i said a package of different colored freezies. i think we've gone off topic we haven't started the topic yet so technically we're not on topic yet. i am so distracted you have so much glitter in your beard right I know, now i was laying on the floor at my mom's house and she has <laughs> glitter everywhere <laughs> your beard is just glitter yeah right now sunshine <laughs> sparkle sunshine sparkle anyway happy halloween it's not halloween for fuck's sakes, it's the month we're doing the Halloween episode. Oh yeah, happy Halloween. Jesus, yeah, break the illusion. It's actually October 7th. It's fucking 8.52pm. There you go. It says, says 8.59 on that clock. Is it really? That clock is fast. That says 8.49. Jesus Christ. Oh, that's what, what I meant. That's Holy what I meant. Holy shit. Inter- what, what are we doing here? <laughs> Where are Apparently, we? We're, uh, this is cheaper than uh, therapy or <laughs> marriage counseling. We don't need marriage counseling. Who, who said that? Who said that? Some asshole. I love you. Fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. I'm High s- five up here. Your, your beard is so glittery. Uh, well, I can't help it. I'm not going to shower. They can't see me. This <laughs> I'm, is not, I'm not going to shower. Right 
This is not a video podcast. Anyway, this is actually a podcast about horror movies. You know, if it was a video one, we should have more glitter. That's the way you could go. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that there's different directions you can go. More glitter or less glitter? I think if it was a video podcast, I'd probably get some of the Lego off the table. And maybe that pie recipe book. And for some reason, there's like a Joker from Batman toy, but he's like bent over and like... <laughs> He's like he's assumed the position. He, he he's gonna get the old batarang right up the old Joker tish. Don't do that with our kids' toys. I didn't do it. Rude. Look, what Batman and the Joker do in their own time—they are consenting adults. Batman and the Joker. Yeah. It's probably porn of that somewhere. I I promise you there is. Oh There's no. There's a porn of everything. There's Scooby Doo porn. Oh, I don't want it. That's something I didn't need to know. This is a horror movie podcast where we... Watch a horror movie and discuss it. And this this month was was Nicole's pick. You interrupted me. I usually host the show and you just like chime in. I picked... take over. 2008's Hereditary. This is why I host the show and you don't because Hereditary came out in 2018. Damn it. I meant 2018. (laughs) Yeah. Hereditary is a 2018 <laughs> film written and directed by Ari Aster. This was his feature directorial debut. It stars the inimitable Tony Collette. I like Tony Collette. I, I usually think she's fine. She is ridiculously good in this movie. She is phenomenal in this movie. Really? You didn't think so? I thought she was excellent. In she movie. was good. I wouldn't say phenomenal. All right. Well, maybe I'm exaggerating a bit. She was very, very good. She was very strong. There was. I liked... Everybody in this movie. Yeah, such as Alex Wolf, Millie Shapiro, and Gabriel Byrne from Miller's Crossing, among other things. Oh, and he was in Stigmata. Yeah, that's what you knew him from, and I knew him from Miller's Crossing. I mean, I've known him from Patricia Arquette was also in Stigmata. Okay. I like Patricia Arquette a lot. I also like her in True Romance. You like her boobs in True Romance. So do you. Uh, who wouldn't? I know. They're spectacular. She always in has movie. one out. I feel like we've talked about this before. You and I, not maybe not on the podcast, <laughs> but you and I have definitely talked about Patricia Arquette's boobs before. Yeah. That's the kind of insight you come to this podcast for. So anyway, it seems like every year uh, a horror movie breaks through into the mainstream. Like, and it captures the imagination of Get Out. Goers. Get Out did the year before, or a couple years ago now. It was last year. Uh, last year, 2017 was Get Out. And then, like, before that, there was, like, It Follows and The Babadook. But it seems like every year, one horror movie seems to be the one that blows up big in the mainstream. And for whatever reason, this year's big old blow-up success was Hereditary. which So we watched it. So I thought it would be a good pick for our Halloween month. Yeah, because you know it has nothing to do with Halloween. For fuck's sake. <laughs> I thought it was a great pick. I was happy you picked it. I wanted to watch it for a long time. Uh, so I'll give you a brief uh, rundown of the plot, and then we can discuss uh, our thoughts. When do we play the trailer? Oh yeah, I guess we do that first. Let's uh, let's hit it, Nicole. <sighs> Come on, Peter. Here's your suit. It's heartening to see so many strange new faces here today. I know my mom would be very touched and probably a little suspicious. My mother was a very secretive and private woman. It's grandma. You know you were her favorite, right? 
Even when you're a little baby, she wouldn't let me feed you because she needed to feed you. She was a very difficult woman, which maybe explains me. I recognize you from your mother. What? Sometimes I swear I can feel them in the room. Oh my God! She isn't gone. She had private rituals, private friends. Who's gonna take care of me? You don't think I'm gonna take care of you? But when you die. She wasn't altogether there at the end. Mom? I don't like this. Dad, I don't like this. What's happening? Nina! Don't you ever raise your voice to me. I am your mother. Raise your Mom, what's happening? Stop. I just don't want to put any more stress on my family. So that was the trailer for Hereditary. I think I'm still too loud. Oh, sorry. For fuck's sakes. Start over. Doing professionalism right No, I'm leaving it in. Warts and all. I thought that we were still paused. Really? When I started saying, so that was the trailer for Hereditary, you thought that was just a fun conversation starter with you? I was still talking. And when you said that. We don't watch the trailers, right? Yeah, but you paused the show. And then I started it again. Can we start over? (laughs) No, you put that all in. Okay, so that was the trailer for Hereditary. Uh, And so, okay, here's the plot of Hereditary. The film opens with the death or the death of the main character, Annie's, uh, Tony Collette's mother, has just passed away. Uh, and her sort of death is supposed to like haunt the rest of the movie, so it's sort of like the inciting incident around which everything else spins out of. Um, but we never actually see her alive. We just hear reference to her. She delivers a eulogy about... We see her, pictures of her. Yeah, we see pictures of her. We hear a eulogy about... that. You kind of get the impression that their relationship was certainly tense and somewhat fraught, uh, and so on and so forth. So there's this whole funeral situation. Uh, Annie Graham, who lives with her husband, whose name is Steve, and he is Gabriel Byrne. And they have a 16-year-old son named Peter and a 13-year-old daughter named Charlie, who they did some weird things to her face. They tried, when we they, looked at it, I was like, what's with this weird old lady girl? They definitely made her look creepy. Yeah, and the then movie. I looked up a picture of her because I was like, because you actually said, I think she may have like a facial situation, like a cleft palate or something. And I looked up a picture of her and I'm like, She's just your bog standard little girl. She's just like a cute pop star little girl who sings on Broadway. She was, sings on Broadway. Yeah, apparently, she's a Broadway person. Yeah, she doesn't sing in this movie. That would have been neat. She clicks. She's like, hereditary the musical. <laughs> hereditary, my she, mom is dead. She just has hereditary, this. Hereditary, my face is red. She has this little tick where she just every once in yes, a while. Yes, she makes that noise, and she was very depressed because her grandmother died, and you get the impression that she and her grandmother had a very tight relationship i got the feeling that the grandma did most of the raising of charlie well she kind of referenced annie does reference that at one point when she like didn't let her grandma have any sort of in, uh, relationship with her son when her son was born because they just completely cut this woman out of their life and then to make up for that they tried to introduce charlie to her life and she sort of as she puts it sinks her hooks into charlie 
Yes. Yeah, so I don't know if she got her shoes, so they raised her, but she lived in the house no, with them. And well, even um, Charlie makes reference to it when her mom... Yeah, who's going to take care of her? Who, her mom, her, or even when her mom drags her in after a fight they've had, or and she's like, you're going to get cold, you're going to get sick, you don't have your shoes on. She's like, who are you, grandma, all of a sudden? So like, you I get, thought she said, I want my grandma. No, she said, are you grandma, all of a sudden? Oh. So you get... I wondered why Tony Collette got so mad at her after she said that. I was like... Cause I, so I get the feeling that Grandma did most okay. of it with Charlie. Yeah. Basically, this is a, this movie about a bunch of very dysfunctional people who, who uh, aren't very good at raising children. So finish the Anyway, plot. so yeah, the plot is this happens. Spooky stuff starts to happen. Peter is your bog-standard high school kid who wants to smoke a lot of dope. Takes his 13-year-old sister to a party because he doesn't want to tell his mom that it's a party and not a school barbecue. Which, again, just sort of reinforces how Annie is not very aware of what's happening with her children. And she's very wrapped up in her own stuff. She's an artist. She's an artist. She, she makes, makes tiny little stuff. She makes little doll houses, creepy little doll. But very well made. Like, they they're look like nice. real people. Yeah, they're pretty nice. And there's some cool camera stuff they do with that. But anyway, uh, to make a long story short, spoilers, Charlie gets her head knocked off. They go to, she, yeah, there's a car accident, Charlie's head gets knocked off, and so, of course, that just makes things worse between Annie and Peter. And, uh, basically, you get all kinds of weird, like, ghostly present stuff around the house, making everyone go a little bit nutty, uh, until Annie befriends a woman named Joan, who teaches her how to hold seances to contact Charlie, and things just get nuttier from there. And we'll get into some specifics, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, so it's sort of a movie, I hesitate to call it a haunted house movie, I hesitate to call it a witch movie. It's a whole bunch of things. It's like a culty kind yeah. of movie, which um, which is I would call it a uh, I would call it a thriller. A, sure, I, well, I was going to be more like snarky and say oh. it's a director who a first time director trying to make Rosemary's Baby and not doing a very good job. You know what? So much of this movie reminded me of Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, without like an ounce of the control of the craft or precision or talent. Well, no, I would say that it definitely had lot of potential yeah and had really good moments, moments. and scenes they the it creeped me out really it's, good it creeped you out yes i overall thought this was a profoundly mediocre movie i i found it that too i love rosemary's baby so yeah. i've seen it already like you say there are definitely stretches of the movie that work like i kind of separated the movie into three segments in my head when i was thinking about it the first hour or so of this incredibly too long movie the first hour or so is sort of just like your your family dysfunctional family drama about this family that's going through a terrible trauma and trying to deal with each other in the wake of it, despite the fact that they've never really been very functional by it, the looks of things. It's a bit of a slog at the yeah, beginning. I actually thought the first hour was the best hour. I knew you would like that. Because it was actually interesting. It was kind of like you're watching this woman who's never taken any responsibility for anything that's happened to her or her family in her life. She never once in that whole movie takes any responsibility for any of the bad stuff that's happened before or after this started. And Gabriel Byrne is very much not present. He just sort of withdraws. He just seems like the working father. He just sort of floats along. Near the end, I think he kind of tries to pull through for his family. But doesn't he seem so uncomfortable doing it? Like, he feels so awkward in his trying to, like, I guess I have to step in and and take the reins and take control. But he's so not good at it. No, no one's good at anything in this movie. No, that's true. But which actually to me leads to some problems I have with the writing because they like a lot of characters talk about things that happened but we never actually get the feeling that those things are true like they talk about how like oh yeah Peter she says at one point Annie goes to this like support group for grieving people who've lost loved ones and she talks about how the relationship with her mom 
uh, was fraught, partly because they cut her out of her life completely after Peter was born, where, uh, where her husband, um, Steve, uh, instituted a strict no contact policy remember she says that yes. steve said that i'm like but do you ever get the sense for even a second that steve ever slept that laid down the law about anything well He's no so floating along because uninvolved uninterested because the relationship between her and her mom made his life uncomfortable i could see because he doesn't want to deal with anything in this movie yeah, but like the, the so he didn't want to deal with it with, yeah but that's my point like i don't get the impression that like that character doesn't seem like somebody to me who would make a like a demand like, "Hey, we're cutting this woman out of our life." It it just seemed like a it, it was just one well, example of a bunch of characters talking about things characters did and never actually showed. I us. disagree with you because you see him do it, try to lay down the law again when um, is it sorry Anne or Annie? Annie. I forget, Annie is telling him burn the sketchbook oh, yeah. the sketch there's something evil with the sketchbook and he goes to do it and then he says no this isn't good for you this isn't helping you and then yeah he finally does something so and then he does it anyway he d- but then he does he does try and to lay he down into flames no she he, he doesn't do it anyway oh, no, he, she, she, throws it in. she right. grabs it from him and throws it and in then he bursts into flames because reasons yeah so some of the movie so i kind of have two feelings about this movie sometimes they were spelling out everything for you especially at the yeah. end oh yeah and then other times parts like that made no sense yeah uh, for the storyline of of where the cult was going yeah. and well, what they the- were doing like who was possessed and yeah. it didn't follow the that plot i got the sense as well that you're supposed to feel like the, the dead grandmother's presence is sort of haunting the movie and hanging over everything Except that the only reason you think that is because occasionally characters will say things that kind of implies that. But there's never really anything with her. They don't even talk about her. There's no clue. Like, there's a really ham-fisted spot in the last section where Annie has to figure out that everything's going crazy and has witches involved. And so she finds a box that she was looking at at the beginning of the movie and decided not to look at for longer than half a second. Because if she had, she would have seen all the stuff and none of the stuff would have happened. But instead, later on in the movie, she finds a bunch of like Wiccan books or pagan books, whatever, that basically spell out everything for you and hammer it out. But uh, which I just that just drove me bonkers that the last second they're like, oh yeah, we have to like have some exposition or explaining of this, so we'll just throw in this really ham-fisted scene towards the end where that happened. But. Uh, to get back to that idea, I had those like sort of three segments of the mm-hmm. movie. That first segment, which I thought was actually pretty good. The slog. It was slow, but it was interesting, I thought. And it was like, that's when I thought she, her acting was really good. And it was there was parts of it that were like genuinely difficult to watch and upsetting. With Charlie. You know, when Charlie dies and all that. And just yeah. how much it like annihilates both Annie and Peter in different ways. And how much it affects their relationship. And then that makes us learn more about their past relationship with... You know, Annie slept walking, almost set them all on fire with paint thinner at one point, which also kind of kind of came out of nowhere, but whatever. Um, but then the second part of the movie, uh, it starts to get in, it starts to become a spooky haunted house movie, where like things are hiding in the shadows. There were a lot of shadows in I, this movie. Towards the end of the movie, I said to Nicole, I'm "Like, I I just can't. I feel like all I've been doing is squinting at this fucking movie for two and a half hours, because everything is like this family owns no lights." It is always dark as shit in their house. That's a really big fancy house. But you're always squinting. Like, think about, I mean, I don't need, it's not fair to compare this movie to Rosemary's Baby, except that it compares itself to Rosemary's Baby constantly. So I feel like it's kind of fair. Everything in Rosemary's Baby is in daylight. 
It's in the middle of the day. You can see everything. It is terrifying because it is so mundane. Nothing about this house doesn't feel like a haunted house. Yeah. They're living in the house from The Conjuring, they basically. They have the long hallway, yeah. creepy hallway. It's like this ridiculous but haunted to house. To compare it to Rosemary's Baby, Rosemary was likable. Even That's though true. you knew where it was going, even her husband, who was kind of shitty, was kind of likable and a dumb well, goofy like a way real yeah and, not a movie and she and you were rooting for her even though you knew yeah. where the movie was going nobody in this movie was likable they're a movie yeah they're all like you can feel empathy for them because they've gone through such amazing tragedy and you're and watching horror. them go through and it so like you do on some level feel for them but yeah they're all kind of unpleasant characters and the thing you said about the paint thinner when she was trying to set them on fire, it comes out of nowhere. I don't think it does come out of nowhere. They make a lot of references to her never wanting to be a mom. So well, no, they make one when she says it to the kid. No, even just watching her with her kids, well, yeah, you, you can, can see tell. She want to be, yeah. But I'm just saying, like the whole, not so much that you can't believe that she would have done that. You totally can. What I'm saying is that, like, when they introduce it into the storyline, none of the characters have behaved in a way that made me think oh, this happened earlier and that's why no one trusts her. Oh, I totally believed it. It, it seemed more like the reason no one can, likes her is because they're all just shitty and they don't communicate. It wasn't because, oh, she almost set her children on and herself on fire once when she was sleepwalking. And again, she never takes any responsibility for that. All she does all talk about is how it's like, it wasn't my fault, nothing I can do about it and I can't change anything about anything. So like like you say, like not, there's nobody in this movie who is remotely likable. And you don't have to like them. I mean, you feel sympathy for them, but you're never rooting for them. At a certain point, you're just like, all right, come on, body count, let's go. Let's I go have on. to say that the scary moments were done really well. I thought when Charlie's head gets lopped off. That wasn't scary. That was just like upsetting. Okay, yeah, that it was, was a, very well done. It, that yes. was upsetting. But when it cut to, because her head gets left on the side of the road, when they cut back to her oh, that, head. Oh, I thought was terrible. Oh, I loved it. Why, Why? did you think it was terrible? Why was it there? Because he just got lopped off. We already off. know where her head is. We know her head got knocked off. We see her head get knocked off. And like five minutes later, they cut back to her head the next day. Yeah. So why do they show that? Because it's spooky. It's not spooky. It's it's upsetting and disgusting. It's gratuitous. It looked, yeah. It looked, no go- it looked it. good, though. It was completely out of place in the movie. No, it wasn't. But how did it add to the movie? Like, did it make it scarier to see the girl who we already, the little girl who we already know is dead, to see her rotting head covered in bugs on the side of a yeah, highway? Yeah, it looked cool. It I did. thought the practical effects looked cool in this movie. But it was like, who was seeing that? Whose eyes were we seeing through at that point either? Like, what did that, like, there was no character, like, they never found her head, apparently. Does it matter? But by say, I'm saying, if the only reason it's there is for the audience to go, ugh, then what the fuck was the point? That's so cheap. Maybe. That's like worse than a jump scare. That's just like, hey, we're going to show this little girl's dead, rotting head because that's upsetting. Yeah. It's like, that's not fucking cool. That's so stupid. It looked cool. They did a good job of it, of how it looked. That was that was one of those examples of like, yeah, this is clearly a guy who has no like self-control. This is his first movie. Can you imagine a scene in the middle of Rosemary's Baby again where they just cut to a rotting head? No, but this movie isn't Rosemary's no, Baby. No, but it's trying really hard to be. Yeah. Yeah. So like, so the first hour is sort of like the part that feels the most like Rosemary's Baby, where it's just like this slow mundanity and just like building up the tension. 
sometimes well, sometimes just because the music was basically written. It was basically somebody who was like, study every Bernard Herrmann score, take out all the nuance, and just have like the swelling, like... It was like, I noticed that it was that music the whole way through until the end when Peter accepts his fate, spoiler alert, and and then it became a happy music. Did you notice that change? Yeah, yeah, because Peter's gone. Peter's dead at that point. Yeah. Yeah. But like... Yeah, but the whole movie was that soundtrack. But basically, when you have a movie that's two hours and seven minutes, whatever, and for ninety nine percent of it, so from minute one, you're just hearing nothing but the most intense swelling string music. So after about twenty minutes of that, you're completely numb to it. Like I, I saw that you were tense in moments in this movie, and I, it's cool that this movie in places got you. But I was never even tense for one second in this entire movie. Not even at the beginning. Not even for a second. I was like, okay, I want to see where this goes. But like, there wasn't even a, a, like a half of a second where I was starting to feel tense. There was no tension. Oh, I was. For sure. It, it got me there. It was good. It did it. Oh. oh my phone's ringing, guys. <laughs> Hang on. Let's take a minute to listen to Guile Stage. Joey, this is so unprofessional. Yeah, I know. Hang on. Hello? You're not... No. Hi, Mom. No, they're already in bed. We're, we're good. Yeah. Joey's just chatting to his mom. Yeah, you have to connect to the internet. Well, go, go to the internet button on the bottom of the screen. The thing on the bottom. What four-window thing? No, no. The uh, There's like a... A little like Wi-Fi network thing on the bottom. We'll be right back. Sorry, y'all. My mom's got a new computer, and I had to help her. She couldn't figure out how to. Such turn it a on. good son. I am. Um, where were we on this crappy <laughs> I movie? I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, I've talked about the first movie, and then the second movie, where it was just like a bunch of haunted house stuff with ghosts and cups moving and. And then the last words. twenty minutes. And then the last twenty minutes. Uh, which is partly pretty fun. Like, it kind of just goes full crazy. Like, full nutty. Uh, characters burst into flames randomly. There's, like, Peter's having a crazy breakdown. You realize that the grandmother was part of, like, a weird witch cult. And she's trying to bring back, uh, br- like, bring this demon King. King Tut. King Tut. No, his name is, like, King like, Sa- Sam. Sam Yeah. Or something like that. I just call him King Tut. So he's, Tut. like, one of the princes of hell. They're trying to bring him into a, a healthy male host, who is Peter, apparently. Uh, uh, and at one point, so eventually they um, they do. And Tony Collette f- crawls on the ceiling and bangs her head against the roof. Oh, I didn't like that. That was like the one thought thing of that movie that I thought like, oh, that was cool. I liked that shot. That so was a really neat shot. Peter's running away from her. He runs up the little ladder to the attic and pulls up the the uh la- the ladder yeah. and it's which is shuts. always where you want to go when you're being chased by a homicidal the attic up the stairs where there's nowhere to get out and yeah. so then you just see her she's on the ceiling to the door to the attic bashing her head yeah, like Woody Woodpecker. i just was like oh no i don't people went, oh no i don't like that i just said i said people people don't belong on the ceiling that's not where people should be i don't like when she people are on the ceiling and it's i said too well, much you're, you're not wrong they should they ought not be up there but it was a neat little shot uh but then there's <laughs> this moment though when he's up there and you realize oh wait but that's the room where the dead grandmother's body was for some reason and then you're like, oh, wait a minute. There's a giant plate glass window behind him. And I said to Nicole, I'm like, five bucks as he's going out that window. 
And then all of a sudden there was a bunch of naked people standing in the shadow that he had to squint to see. And he screamed and he jumped out the window. But that's not all he saw. First he looks up and he sees his mom floating and she's cutting off her head with like that string. And I liked that. That looked cool too. You just see her. No, she's supposed to be. Why is she doing that? She was like, how did she get there? How did she get in there? And the grandmother is apparently alive again, by the way. Yeah, but just headless. But was she? But like, was was her grandmother headless? I thought that was Tony Collette who was headless. They both were. Don't you remember? Because when Tony Collette is explaining it to her husband, she's like, "And her head is gone. I don't know where her head is." Oh, okay, yeah. She's covered in black fuzz. She's all, yeah, well, because she's moldy. And yeah, moldy. But she's rotten. She's, she's mold, moldy. Moldy old lady. Like a piece of bread. But anyway, yeah, you see Tony Collette floating, and she just starts cutting off her head really fast, and looked really cool. Yeah, that was a neat it shot. It starts slow, and then she goes faster yeah. and faster, and then you hear her head hit so the ground. Basically, the first hour of this movie, everything more or less makes sense. It's adequately done, uh, except for the music, and the lighting, <coughs> and some of the camera work. But the acting's good. Uh, and then the second part, when it was just a haunted house movie, it was boring and tedious, and um, the acting started to get a little bit overdone. Yeah, that's well, fair. They, I, I agree. Mean, I think Tony Collette's really good, but like when she starts to get really manic, it starts to be a little bit much, maybe. You're right. I think I maybe overstated how good she was. The more I'm thinking about those moments, I'm like, mm, maybe uh, she Even was when hysterical. she was showing her grieving over Charlie. I thought that was very good. That's really? the part I thought was really good. I thought that's when I was like, this is no, a bit much. No. She just lost her child in a horror. She found her headless daughter in the backseat of a car. Yeah. Yeah, I think I that she could be forgiven for being upset. Yeah, but upset, and then that was like this. That was how, like, oh, this is how I'm supposed to act when I'm upset. I know, but I think that is how you would act if you if that happened. I, I didn't have a problem with that. I'm usually the first one to be like, that's not realistic. I think that might have been realistic. Uh, I don't know. Well, maybe not all of us are dead inside like you. <laughs> maybe. Some of us have feelings. And then the last third <laughs> is just, like, dopey. And then, okay, so we're going to spoil the very, very end. We've spoiled everything else, so why not? So Peter, who's no longer Peter, he's he's Sandman now. He's a, but we don't he's know King that. He's King Tut. Yeah, they're calling him King Tut for some reason. He climbs up into the treehouse, uh, which we've seen before. It's a tiny little treehouse. It's not that big. It's got two little heaters in it. It's like a relatively small little treehouse. But when he goes up, there's suddenly like all the people in town are naked and in there bowing down before him. And then the grandmother's voice is coming from off screen. Like we said, apparently she's alive. Found her head because she can talk now. And basically she goes... Basically, her speech is this. Okay, so in case you guys haven't figured out everything that happened in this movie, we're a devil cult. He's a devil now. We brought you back now. We put you with... You used to be in the little girl's body, which was news to all of us. Yeah. But now you're in this guy's body, and hail Satan. Only they say hail Salmon or whatever. Salmon. They all like Salmon. And I was like, because at one point in the movie, I turned to Nicole, I'm like, man, this is going to be like a total, like, fucking Rosemary's Baby ending with all the old people yelling, Hail Satan. And I was joking. And they actually and said, they did. Hail King Tut. And it sucked. Tut. It was so fucking Hail stupid. Hail King Tut. So once, so, okay. I remember earlier when I said every year there seems to be a horror movie that seems to, like, cross over into the mainstream. Why do they always suck? Except for Get Out, which was brilliant. I don't think they all suck. Babadook sucked. I just think... It follows sucked. That... This sucked. Okay. <laughs> Please. Didn't suck as a whole, maybe. But it did have moments that we talked about that were good. And, you know, if this 
turns people on to Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> yeah, I guess. It's like, oh, yeah, here, watch this like, better movie. I don't, want, I don't think we should be like giving movies participation awards. It's like, well, it's a bad movie, but if you might watch it and see a good movie, then that's good. <laughs> like, Yeah, but that's not a mark in favor of the bad movie. You're right. There are good sequences. As a whole, it is an uneven mess. It's not scary. It's not particularly well made. I don't understand why it got such good reviews. I will say I liked um, how they did the lighting for when there was a presence there. You know when you shine like a mirror and it looks like there's a light on the the wall? They only did it in the high school. No, they did it for Charlie too. She sees it. Oh, did she? Yeah, and then then it kind of... When you shine the mirror... A yeah. light on the mirror, and there's a light on the ceiling. Then it would, the light went around the whole room, and then narrowed in on something. Yeah. I liked it, how they did that. I, I thought it look, looked, but it, it was, was different. I haven't yeah. seen that before. But it just felt kind of out of nowhere and inconsistent because it only happens a couple times in the movie, and it mostly happens at the school when Peter freaks out and bangs his head against the desk. <laughs> and then also, I love this: he bangs his head against the desk and starts screaming. At, so his dad <laughs> gets called to come pick him up from school, uh, and so okay, we have a son. Let's say our son went full mental and started banging his head against the desk. Would you take him to the doctor? Or would you just drive him home? (laughs) Take him to the doctor. Right? But no, they drive him home and then Tony Collette's like, what's happening? And he's like, here, help me get grab his feet. And he's like unconscious in the car for some reason. And they carry him up to his bed. I thought that <laughs> earlier earlier in the movie too. So the reason Charlie's head gets lopped off is because her, when her, her and Peter go to the party, Charlie eats a piece of cake. She's allergic to nuts. There's nuts in the cake. She can't breathe. Yeah, she was in anaphylactic shock and he's driving her to the hospital. Yeah. Why don't they call 911? Because he's high, man. So he puts her in the back of the seat car driving really fast down the road in the dark she puts her head out the window because she can't breathe and then he sees a a dead deer in the road he swerves and her head hits a pole and but like (laughs) call the ambulance basically like for all of the events in this movie to take place there is a tremendous amount of coincidences and like very convenient things that have to happen for example like we said earlier tony collette has to not look very hard in the box of her mom's stuff her mom apparently orchestrated this massive like cult spiracy, including like from beyond the grave doing this, but she wasn't smart enough to like not keep all of her witch shit in a box at Tony Collette's house. Why not take it to her friend Joan's house? Like there's so many things where it's like if a character had spent half like there was there's no reason they wouldn't have found this stuff. None of this stuff had to happen. It was just dumb people in a poorly lit house doing dumb things until it was over and we got to laugh. I just want to say that there was one scene, and a movie hasn't done this to me in a really long time, when after Charlie dies, Tony Collette is driving in her car, and it is during the daylight, and all of a sudden from the backseat of the car, you hear, like, Charlie, and that gave me shivers, (laughs) and I got goosebumps. I haven't had that happen in a really long time, and that's what I love about horror, is that visceral reaction. And I think I might have had it if it had been quiet in the car. But it wasn't. It was... That's true. It was like, fuck But off. it was good. I, did it, I liked it. I thought it did a good job of it. I'm a lot more jaded than you are. Yes. That's true. But yeah, I mean, it sounds like you enjoyed this movie a little bit more than me. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Let's find out. What do you give this movie out of 10? I give it five. It was average. So, you give it like, so that's to be a two and a half out of five. I do have out of five. What? You just said 10. I know, but I'm changing it to 5 now because I usually do movies out of 5. So 2.5 out of 5? Yes. I'm going to go... I'll give it a 2 out of 5. 
Two and a quarter. I'll give it two and a quarter. Oh my god, you can't do quarters. Yes, you can. Dave Meltzer does it. Who? He's the guy who rates wrestling matches. I don't give a shit about that guy. This is Dave our Meltzer, podcast. Hey, Nicole, Dave Meltzer is a respected journalist. I'm not doing quarters. You don't have to. I'm demanding I'm you to. choose something else. Fine, two. Ha, yeah. I win. Yeah, okay, fine. You win, I guess. Yeah, so anyway, uh, we're now one for four on mainstream crossover horror movies. Because mm-hmm. I will say, though, that of the four of them, Get Out is a spectacular movie. Yeah. Uh, it Follows is a very mediocre movie. This is a bad movie, and The Duke is a terrible movie. I hate The Duke. Did we do that on this podcast? Yes, we did. God, I fucking hated that movie. Go back and listen to how much I fucking hated that piece of shit movie. I'm still mad about that movie. Oh, you know what I'm still mad about? Fucking Society, you dumb shit, making me watch that. It's <laughs> a good movie. Remember, we had to re-record that episode three times because, <laughs> yeah, because so I, was, I was being very petty. You were being very petty. I, was, I hated it so much. I've watched a lot of movies with you that I didn't like. I still have not forgiven you for Society. I watched Domino three times to try to like it for you. Well, that's really sweet yeah, of you. I still don't really like it. <laughs> That's fine. I don't think I would like it right now anymore. Yeah, any- I think it's very much like a good movie for a certain type of high school girl. Or boy. It's 2018. Or they. Hashtag time's up. Yeah. Them. 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 That's Gen- We should watch them. Gender is over. Have you ever seen, according to a t-shirt, have you ever seen them? No. It's a big ant movie. Oh, it sounds stupid. No, it's awesome. You'd love it. It's really good. Okay. So anyway, yeah. Disappointing movie. Uh, but people like it. So I don't know. Watch it and be wrong, I guess. I have people who've been like, oh, it's great. Yeah, a lot of people said it was great to me, too. Yeah. Well, let's say it right now in unison. We'll just say one, two, three, you're wrong. Ready? Okay, one, two, three. You're, you're wrong. wrong. That was fun. I, I'm amazed you went along with it. Normally, you would never humor me like that. It's getting late. It's like 9.30. Is it like 9.30? It's 9.27 or 9.24 according to your clock or 9.14 according to how you read the clock. I said, it's late. I said, I, 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 and I, I do, oh, for some reason, I shut up. Shut for up. some reason, <laughs> I can't say numbers tonight. I said 2008 when I meant 2018. Yeah, which is why I host the show and you're just the one who looks good. <gasps> that, you take that back. That was very rude. Yeah, I mean, it was. It was It was a compliment, but it was very rude. You're right. Say sorry. I don't think I will. All right. See you next time, folks. No, we have to announce the next movie. Did you choose one? Yes. Oh, is it the ant one? No, it should be, though. I would love to watch them. It's I'm actually glad. really good, Nicole. You'd actually probably like it. Not as much as me, I'm sure, but you would like it. It's really good. So what we're going to watch is a, uh, a movie uh, all about Rod Stewart. It's called Mandy. That joke's really funny if you know anything about Rod Stewart. He has a song called Mandy. No, it's a movie called Mandy. It is a 2018 action horror film directed by Panos Cosmatos uh, and starring the inimitable... Nicolas Cage going full Nicolas Cage. I've heard that this is like the platonic ideal of crazy-ass Nicolas Cage performances. I think I'm going to like this movie. I think I am too. Like, I I, I forgot to mention this about Hereditary. I amazingly went into this movie completely blind. I hadn't seen a trailer. I hadn't read a review. I did not know a single thing about it other than it was a horror movie that was popular. That people were giving good reviews to? Yeah, I was so impressed that i somehow managed to avoid not only spoilers i didn't know what it was about you're so impressive with your ignorance but that just goes to show that even without the hype it didn't live up not only did it not live up to the hype i didn't have any it was just a shitty movie bad <laughs> movie two out of five everyone, mandy everyone give joy a, a clap for everyone give joy the clap <laughs> for being ignorant this you know time. There's, a, there's a yes song called clap but on some of the original pressings it's listed as the clap which is pretty funny 
So funny. Because the clap is a... I know what the clap is. How do you know? You don't have it, do you? Because that would be bad. Look at my face right now. I don't want to look at your face right now. I can imagine what it looks like right now. I've been looking at it for almost 20 years. When I close my eyes, there it is. I could stay awake <laughs> just to hear you farting. Okay. Nicole farts in bed. Okay, we will see you all next time on The Bride of the Creature. <laughs> so stupid. Oh, unfunny. Yeah, so we'll see you next time on The Bride of the Creature podcast. That's going to be a fun time with us, all of us. So, again, so hang on. I, I, I'm getting a bit of a cold. Yeah, stop that. Stop getting cold. Okay, sorry. Stop the sniffing into the microphone. Until next week, I am the creature. Not Joey. next week, but next month. We do it once a month now. To start again. Okay. Until next time, I am the creature Joey G. And I'm the bride Nicole. Y'all stay scary now. Kissy kissy. You like to pretend you're cute, but you're really dead inside. You're like Tony Collette's mother and. In- that movie. How that movie. could yeah, this woman that was the grandpa that died. ever decide to wed this man? <laughs>